everyone. Welcome to the Shuffle Bus and episode 16. We're getting this one right this Are time. Are sure now. that's right? I, I know it's right now. Yeah, definitely is right. Oh. After saying 14 in episode 15, we are back 17? on track. I don't, well, I mean, maybe depending on when we release it, but I, I think we're going to go with 16. 16 it is. So as always, I have Neil joining me. Uh, good to hear from me again, Neil, and sit down and chat about some Transformers. So uh, for today's episode, we are going to be discussing how we got Titan Master's attack completely wrong. And, Not completely. Well, kind of completely. Not completely. I man, it's clickbait. All right, it's clickbait. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. completely wrong. What you hear next will shock you. <laughs> Number five will really get you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no so and then we just got done playing in the vector sigma alpha trion tournament spoiler alert we did not make top four um but we we got a chance to sort of see the early meta game and some very powerful things going on and, and so we're gonna talk about like had a ton of fun yeah like, it was a lot of fun the the third match i played i just thought was really really fun though i'm my opponents may not like agree with me but i'm, I'm I, pretty sure <laughs> you became like one of the villains in the overarching uh, storyline of of uh, Transformers, no, I, was, TCG. I was overshadowed by Sky Shadow very quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the decks we played. We're going to talk about um, why we chose those decks going into the games. Um, and your decision points will probably be a little more interesting than mine. But uh, I, I do think that my was a meta call that ultimately was the wrong meta call. Um, and, and I think it was maybe not the wrong meta call for later, but was the wrong meta call right now. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but ultimately we're ready for episode 16. So let's uh, jump on this bus and let's go for a ride. All right, Neil. So we are going to talk about why. Well, first click bait again. We got it completely wrong. And apologize to our listeners because uh, I think we were a little down on Titan Masters Attack in the last three or four episodes, and we were not right in that. Um, clearly, this is going to be a very powerful set. It's going to change the way the game is played fundamentally, I think, in many, many ways. And it'll be interesting to see how where do we go from here when we talk about Wave 6 later on down the road. Uh, but I, I have faith in the designers. Right. One, one of the things I think we were right about, uh, was that the heads have had a dramatic effect on the turn order. Um, which, you know, I, I use words like interesting or like different, but it, it has been pretty dramatic. Like, in the aggro matchups, you just don't wheel. You just, like, go on forever. And nobody untaps and someone dies. And, uh... Even in the longer games, like... You know, a lot of times... You want to get first attack when you untap. But actually having the last attack... Because of the heads kind of gives you control over that anyway. When you, like... When you have, like, a big guy left... You can attack their guy, kill it, leave their head, and they have to attack you with a piddly little guy, and then you get to untap and have the wheel anyway. Um, yeah. No, you're 100% right. And can we just, just for the record, I'm going to go on the record of saying the mental gymnastics of that have cost me many play mistakes 
over the last few weeks. Um, it It's not that I don't get it. I get it. But you just – you start – we've been trained for two years to play the game a specific way, right? Yeah. It's just, it is different. That's the. Yep. And so it's just, it requires a conscious remembrance that the head's going to come off. Cause even I've corrected you sometimes in games where I'm like, well, you just do this. Well, that's never happened. Oh yes. It it happens all the time. I'm certain that I'm certain that that is not true. Okay. Not King. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool actually. Like I, I like that aspect of it a lot. And, you know, in, in my very early guessings when we were talking about this a long time ago before we saw any cards even, like, you know, one of the things that I said was that going into this, whatever the new mechanic of the set kind of was, was, like, what was good during that set. And, like, obviously, Wave 2, we had the Combiners, and the Combiners were good. Then in Wave 4, we had, uh, like, these big, giant core guys that are super just 15, 16 star guys, and they were really good. Well, now in wave five, we get the heads, and it turns out the heads are really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And what the heads do, uh, in my opinion, is fill that middle star value that we have spent so much time on this show discussing in the past where, like, we just never had good seven or eight star bots to round out teams, and now we're finally getting good seven and eight star bots. Uh, specifically, uh, I'm looking at Fangry and Horrible and, and, you know, and kind Perceptor. of, and Perceptor. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think Perceptor's probably a little more expensive than that. Cause isn't Perceptor just base eight without a head. So you're probably still buying Perceptor for at least nine stars and probably yeah, like, nine to 12. I, yeah. But it it still is kind of that same range, you know, like these, these like seven to 10 star guys that in the past, you know, Way in the past were pretty good. We had like Wheeljack and Grimlock, and then they've just kind of been overshadowed since Wave One. But now we have these awesome guys, uh, like you said, Fangry, Horrible, Perceptor. I mean, even I mean, like Pounce is really good too in that same sort of star point, right? And, and he's, he's not he's not a he's not Titan Master, but. a body, but um, even like like Stefan was playing uh, Mindwipe. Uh, or like, like Cup is okay, you know. Like his stats are pretty good, and just being able to hold the head makes them so versatile that you know they fit your deck. Because you know your Fangry might be wildly different than my Fangry. My Fangry might be fifteen health, and your Fangry might be like old three or whatever, or. Or even like your Fangry might be two stars smaller than my Fangry and just have regular stats kind of. It's but because of because of that variability, like just the Fangry body itself goes a lot of places. And it really does. And I I mean, we have seen it I've seen it in some very intuitive ways over the last uh, few weeks of playing the game. And uh, I will admit that I have done a lot of sort of testing on Octagon separate from playing with you because uh, I think the control for you. Yeah. (laughs) Nice flex, bro. (laughs) I don't know how to flex in audio. So that was my best attempt. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we got to go get you checked out for a hernia at this point. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I, 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 uh, I just, Basically, and we'll get into this when we talk about the Vector Sigma tournament a little bit in the meta, but um, we we were, 
I, yep, and we were wrong about our control list, which we we admitted in in last episode that the control lists were untested, unfounded because we just hadn't seen enough of the meta to know whether or not we were going to play the right things, and so we were using or basing our decision making on deck building those decks off of past information and a limited experience of what Titan Masters could bring, not fully seeing some of the strongest decks sort of rise to the top. And now uh, through the Vector Sigma tournament, I think we've got a pretty good idea who the king of the hill is. I mean, Scott and Vince talked about it on the latest Tech Talk, you know, that the rock is going to become this Sky Shadow plus X deck. And you can pick the flavor of the deck you want there, but ultimately they play so similarly that you really have to know how to beat that deck uh, when you talk about building control lists. Yeah, you know, I went into the Vector thing assuming a lot of Perceptor because the Vector team themselves have been really high on Perceptor. Obviously, it's Dan's card. Um, I mean, I'm still really high on Perceptor because he's great. And Perceptor did well in the tournament, too. It just, it it was four or five Perceptors. I don't know the actual number of the 16. But uh, there were 11 Sky Shadows. Right. Which, Wow. wow. Yeah. Like that's a that's a percentage of the field. And again, this this may not be representative of the actual field, but it has to be kind of close, you know. Like if you look at the the results from the what was the thing called? Corona Cup or right. whatever yeah. they published recently. There are a bunch of Sky Shadows there too. Well, it was won by um, a Sky Shadow horrible deck, which is going to be one of the decks in the finals. I mean, we know that uh at this time of recording the Vector yeah. Sigma tournament's going to have a Sky Shadow Horrible deck in the finals. Like Right. So so even if it's not actually like 70%, it'll be a big percentage. Like and and we talked about Sky Shadow a couple times and like you know, never hyped him, but never said he was bad, like he's he was interesting. But I mean, I undersold him like crazy. Like he's way better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I didn't I just, think he was going to be bad. Yeah, I, I just didn't think that ha- starting with two four attack, you know, two defense, ten health bots, was going to be all that impactful on the game. Yeah. As it turns out, starting with two four attack bots, one eight attack bot, and a two pierce four bot, like for the cost of two four attack bots, is good. That, yeah, that and, that's the part that makes it good, right? Like and it, like. It just, you know, like Scott and Vince talked about in the tech talk, it it's a good plan A. Like it's like it's like an obvious place to start. And that, that doesn't mean it's not the obvious place to end either in the meta. It, like it might right. just be great the whole way through. And it um, and it's okay, like they were saying, to if you decide you want to end there and just play that, I think you're going to find a lot of success with that yeah, list. The card is just just really good. It it does so many things that like uh you don't like if you spent a little time on it, you would figure out, but like on the surface, it's not like, it's just like a giant guy on the surface. Like we've had, uh, um, the two plane combiner and the plane tank combiner. And, you know, they were fine, but not Sky tread, Yeah. Yeah. Losing Sky your hands. And, uh, and black wing. Dreadwing, but Dreadwing, Dreadwing was Dreadwing was way too expensive. That was the biggest problem Dreadwing had. Yeah, like, it's we just paid too many had, points for him. Yeah, and and Skytrade is actually like very similar, but you just like discard your hand to it. 
and he's not quite as good after the combiner. So like now we've pushed a little further and he's just great. And but, you don't get the head after the combiner dies. Right. So, I mean, that that's yeah, the that, part that, that's the other part of this. That's another thing. point to make just in general about the Titans. Like we were talking about how versatile they are, how they fit this like nice little niche, having the like leave behind body of any size, like, Sometimes they're like Grax, like a four or five or something. Yeah, I mean, like we've we've played bots with worse stat lines, with with less power, right? You know, and for three stars or whatever, like it's like you have this guy that's already fine, and then he dies and like saves you an attack later in the game because you have a chumper. Yeah, and exactly. In aggro, and in control to a certain extent because of ominous, uh that little chumper isn't always a chump. Like sometimes he's a meaningful attack and obviously he always blocks for whatever's left. So it's really good. Just having the body left over, regardless of which one it is, obviously some are better than others, but like, even if it left a one, one behind every time, it's still a powerful thing. Yeah, no, it, it truly is. I mean, even, even like Parsec, that's a two, one Oh with bold one is a powerful card. Um, yeah. And, and you know, the, obviously some are better than others, but it's it's just good to have. So the the sky shadow having like one of the best ones to leave behind is just extra icing on the cake, right? Like, so a, a couple of things the decks that have come out, you know, have wanted is the ability to have like like be an aggro deck but have multiple meaningful attackers, right? So one of those meaningful attackers is combined sky shadow. An eight power dude in any deck is like a meaningful attacker, right? Like so that section of it is good. You know, he's fifteen stars or whatever, but because of the way it lays out over the game, he like attacks twice or more for that fifteen stars, which like Galaxy never did. Um and the other thing that the decks have wanted is Horrible and Perceptor, for instance, two of the, you know, big bots we've seen paired with them are really flip heavy. Like, it's like, like Jetfire or whatever. Like, you always flip them every turn. Yeah, their flip density is just aimed directly at that bot and only at that bot. Right. So they want some partners that are not going to need flips, and Sky Shadow does that too. Like, his, his guys you start with are just fine. Not great or whatever, but they're not bad either. No, uh, I mean, like... And, and we can talk about this as we talk about the tournament breakdown just a little bit, but the the plane in particular uh, has the ability because part of what makes this deck really good is is also the fact that you still have a star available for Villainous Spotlight, which allows you to go to eight double pip, double orange pips in the deck. So we, we very rarely have seen a team that's so close get all this advantage. I mean, essentially in some ways it's six wide, right? When you talk about the heads coming off the bodies after death and uh, their ability to still effectively right. assuming, punch. Assuming that your sky shadow partner is a, is a, a Titan master, and, right? And you're like six wide. Right. So you kind of get that six wide. So you're wider than a lot of other aggro decks. And on top of that, you are, um, you're doing meaningful things with a very potent, uh, orange deck. Right. But, to, to to add to the point, because we got so many great tools in Titan Master attacks, we actually have less orange pips in the deck than some of the orange decks we built pre-Titan Master's attack. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that because I think we sort of didn't 
put the pieces together when we were sort of looking at the sets before they were completely spoiled. And depending on what time we recorded, I, maybe some of the pieces weren't there for us to discuss. But uh, cards like Kami and Crash just sort of bubbled right to the top, right? It became this format's one shall stand, one shall fall. Sure, kind of, yeah. I mean, Kami and Crash just is like sturdy javelin. Like, it, you know, it should just be like a three of in a ton of decks. And Kami and Crash doesn't have the range restriction, so maybe it should be a three of in all decks. It, it's much better than I gave it credit for. You know, I was comparing it to Plasma Burst. Um, but because of the nature of the bots that are being played now, and because of the aggressive nature of how they printed black pips, um, where, like, they just they just tagged a black pip on a bunch of cards that are already good. Um, like, Scouting Mission was another one that I was like, okay, well, this is just, like, a pep talk, and a lot of the decks that want this will just want a pep talk. Well, I, I was wrong about that card, too. Um, there's enough, there's enough ancillary pierce from like Energon Axe or like Brawn or whatever, just guys and other stuff and other black pips in your deck now that the additional blacks are very meaningful. And, you know, if, if that's what you're doing, then the black pips are, you know, just as good as an orange almost. And the bonuses is that a bunch of the good cards they printed that have blacks on them are orange to begin with. Right. Uh, yeah. They I seem mean, to have paired that like, like they did it with a couple of the blue cards, like obviously scouting mission as an example, but for the most part, like precision fire and magnetic disfunction ray, uh, you know, cards like that, that just like even escape castle to a little bit of a degree. I mean, I right, think that card's playable and yeah. they just, they just printed a bunch of these orange blacks that, you know, it, it would be hard to like make just like a black pip deck without it being orange because of how good those cards are and how frequently they printed them as a pair. It, it's the, the, the pool and, and from listening to the Watsy interview with vector, uh, it's very deliberate, I think right now, but the pool, uh, of black and blue pips is significantly less than the pool of orange and black pips. So we've sort of hit a critical mass on the orange and black pips. Number two, the the card text of the orange and black pip cards is more powerful and relevant than most of the card text you're finding on the, the blue blacks with maybe the exception of uh, scouting mission, right? Scouting mission seems really, really solid. I, I mean, I tried scout armor, uh, and I think it's got maybe some fringe playability in certain decks, but uh, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, the f- the fact that it's restricted to certain character types um, really limits its ability to sort of be a top tier blue black deck. Yeah, um, and card. like for the most part, cards that require your guys to die are gimmicky, right? Like right. your deck has to be doing something extra weird for those to matter. But yeah, so I think like. Like again, Kami and Crash and Scouting Mission are cards that I had ranked lower than their previous printings. Um in the in the form of uh Plasma Burst and Pep Talk. But I I'm wrong about that. Like this is one of those times where like at the beginning of the episode we were talking about like completely things, wrong. Takes that I was wrong <laughs> on uh going into wave five. And, yeah. You know, I that's on me. I was wrong. These cards are good. Like, and, uh, you know, 
if you listen to our previous episodes, this is going to take back some of that stuff, but I just like feel the responsibility to let you guys know that we all learn. And even though I was perfect to begin with, even I get to learn sometimes. Oh, not um, Camille. <laughs> You're so perfect in my but, eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, um, I, I think that happened on a lot of these takes and the game has just changed. And I think it's very good. Like, I think it changed for the better. Um, we, we've run into the situation where, uh, again, we're playing just a bunch of wave five bots because they're new and they appear to be better. Um, which I think has followed a similar pattern like we talked about before. But, uh, you know, I missed on a bunch of the battle cards. And I actually missed on my medical for the tournament, um, which we can talk about in a little bit here. Do you want to talk about your tournament deck? Yeah, I just just want to add a couple things still to this list of missed cards because um, we talked about, I think we gave a lot of high praise to Counter Espionage and Spymaster's Ruse when we talked about the battle cards and we're, we're obviously thought those were the stars of the set. And well, I, I admit to like originally not liking Spymaster's Ruse. Yeah. Um, I mean, in spite I, I get of it. loving to play it now. Yeah. Well, um, but I, I also think that we should add to this, like the card to me that was there, there's two cards that really came out of left field for me that I couldn't believe were as powerful as they actually are. They were not immediately apparent how powerful they were. And some of that's just based on the meta, right? So in a meta full of horribles, hollow matter projector has to be one of the best cards in the set. It just, it just I would, is. I don't know that I'll go that far. There are a lot of um, good cards in this set. Th- there are a lot of good cards in this set. I agree. I do but, think that it is important for the meta. Like, Agreed. It's as uh, important as Bastion Shield was in a force field meta. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I I mean, I have been putting one of in the list. It, it's kind of like, like, if it didn't have a green pip, I would never play it. Correct. But because it has a green pip and because the meta has so much direct damage in it right now because of horrible and Kamian crash and uh, stuff like that, Sturdy Javelin is still prevalent. Um, yep. It is a card that like is easy to put one of in your pile. Yep. And, and no, pick you're it right. Up and just like equip it once. And if they bash it, I guess they bash it. Like, yeah, I mean, they're bashing a plus one armor at that point. Um, the, the, and there's some interesting interaction with Dismantle uh, and Horrible, specifically with Hollow Matter. Like, that's the one card that sort of can kind of still allow Horrible to do his thing, is you can dismantle and and trigger Horrible twice and, in the turn. And that card is way better than I thought it was going to be. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm be, surprised. Specifically because of Horrible and a little bit because of the things we just talked about with the Black Pips, but... Yep. Uh, yep, because it's a green-black, so it's got some relevancy in the, in the current meta. Um... The other card that sort of, I, I definitely don't think it's the best card in the set, but sort of has proven to be more valuable than I would have given it initial value. And I know it's definitely a card we sort of said, this has to be just a limited card and that's that. And that's Enhanced Power Cell. Uh, you're seeing a lot of Enhanced Power Cell in lists right now. And right. it, I was really wrong on that one. Uh, it is good. Um the reason that I was down on it again was because at the when the set came out, I was just essentially evaluating s- single black pips as blanks. 
and yep. I didn't want that in my pile. But you know, the way that things have turned out, like Enhanced Power Cell is a card that I'll play two of sometimes. You know, it's not like an auto three of and everything, but no, it is good. No, I just think it's also we're living in a world now where uh, printed defense and tough are sort of on the decline. Would would you agree with that? Um, to a certain extent. Uh, it depends on how aggro things turn now that we have some printed results. You know, we were just talking the other day about how people were playing our Disruptor Blade instead of... Uh, erratic Lightning. No, not Erratic Lightning. The Oh, the Fusion Board. Yeah, Fusion yeah. Board, thank yep. you. Um, they were playing that because... Sometimes you get to keep it and everybody was aggro anyway, so the pierce didn't matter. And, and there was no sabotage ornaments, right? Like you weren't going right. against so, SAs. So if that trend continues and we see that everywhere, which I don't think we will, by the way, I, this is not my prediction, but sure. if everybody is just playing aggro to play Sky Shadow or to play against Sky Shadow, then tough and printed defense like actual stat defense will become more important because we're not just having every guy equipped with a fusion board right and we're not playing you know a bunch of wedge formations and i mean wedge formation is a great card mostly because of horrible it was already playable before but um you know we're not playing all these orange blacks just to play orange blacks we're right. playing you know reckless charges again or whatever or still to just for big power because the aggro deck mirror right wants big attacks and not doesn't care about the I mean, that that's one of the things that sky shadow does so well right is like if you fusion bore sky shadow for example uh you just get because of the omnius head you have a 11 pierce seven base attack before you flip four cards right I, and so you've got some number of blacks just straight blacks in the deck like came crash and uh, enhanced power cell and stuff like that. So if those cards come up, all of a sudden you're just like 11 Pierce 8, Pierce 9. Yeah. Like, okay. Ominous, like, Ominous is a good example of one of those cards that just like kind of has Pierce on it. So every black is like very good additional value when you flip it. That's right. Um, on whatever bot, Sky Shadow or otherwise, that he's equipped to. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be a thing where I haven't been putting hidden fortifications in my lists lately uh because of the pierce thing and because of the card belligerence yeah um belligerence just if, like says if we okay. continue to rotate this way you know there'll just be this ebb and flow of like is there a bunch of pierce isn't there a bunch of pierce and if you're going into a meta and you guess right you'll be very advantaged so some um, cards from past sets that i think are rising up because of this are cards like Take Cover. I know you're not a big fan of Take Cover, but I do think there's some value in Take Cover in this meta. Uh, stable. I like I like Take Cover better than I like uh, Reverse Damage. Or sure. Reflect Damage, reflect damage yeah. Because and then, it, it like stops all the horrible ticks. Instead for the turn. Of, yeah, yeah, not just one. just one. Yeah. But it doesn't have a green pip on it, so it's, yep. you know, it's debatable. Then the other one is, is it Sturdy not sturdy armor, uh, stable cover where it's plus one defense and loses peers. Right. That, you know, that, that is going to be part of that ebb and flow of the meta where like, right. If hidden fortification is good, stable cover probably won't be good. Right. If stable cover is good, hidden fortification won't be good. Right. Um, but and yeah, then, that, that card has been 
good. I saw it be a blowout a couple times in the Vector tournament. And then the other card that sort of can rise to the top in this is Infiltrate. Uh, and we'll get into why Infiltrate beyond just like um, beyond just like this interactions we're talking about. Infiltrate's really good at stopping belligerence, but it's also really good at stopping what makes Sky Shadow right. sort as of if, sing. As if all the things that we already talked about Sky Shadow weren't true, and they are. They're like he's really good for a lot of reasons. Like the peace or tyranny interaction is absurd. It's it's out of this world powerful. And like we've we've never had, in my opinion, we've never had an aggro deck in transformers that can make so much use out of peace of tyranny as the sky shadow decks can right it's it's just really good it does everything you want it turns your crappy guys into the giant awesome guy lets you go again like you're already playing it because you're an aggro deck and you want the double pip and it's free and it, it it just you're playing one of the most powerful cards ever printed with the best guy it was ever printed for and like it's a guy you would already play in other circumstances, a card you would already play in other circumstances, and together they're just great. And let me so. let me say, I now understand why Springer ended up at eleven stars or twelve stars, just just because I, I'm sure that somewhere in testing, a Sky Shadow Springer deck happened when there was star counts that were different, and it was like, oh, end of turn, piece of tyranny. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like well, that's. I mean, Perceptor is just as good at it as. Springer is. It's Perceptor is dumb. just as good at it, except you just don't get to do it at the end of turn after you were able to get your second attack off, right? Like if you were able to attack plane, attack tank, then end of turn piece of tyranny, take a new turn with a untapped sky shadow. That's rough, man. That's rough. And and that still just happens sometimes in it regular does. play. You're, like you're it's, right. It's yeah, right. it's pretty dumb. And and that's why you're talking about infiltrate. Like infiltrate probably wouldn't be a card, like maybe you play one of because it's good with spy master's ruse, but like because of the PTT thing, like it's kind of the only answer to that. It it, it really unless honestly is. And, unless and you unless, always have the counter espionage the right turn. Or or you always have um the spy master's ruse early enough to set spy master's ruse with your one of infiltrate, which just seems like you're really gambling when they're playing three PTTs to not be sort of playing the correct answers when we're talking about blue decks. And uh, so certainly Infiltrate is a card that while it was never really sleeved up a lot in the past, it's now getting some action because of the current meta. Um, right. And I think and, and you first. Yeah, real quick, the, the cards that I got the worst on were Belligerence and Hostilities. Yes. When, they, when I read those, like I was just like, well, this is lame. Like, nobody ever played Inverted. Like, it has it sounds dumb to me. Like, if I'm playing a blue deck and it's all blues, and I want to turn them to oranges, like, meh. I don't care. Like, I'd rather set a secret active by playing orange. There has to be something better to do than, like, playing in hostilities. But I just had it backwards, where, like, in hostilities is just a good card to set down and, like, blank half an attack. Yeah. And sometimes, like, depending on the situation, it blanks, like, a ton of an attack. Yep. And vice versa. Like, belligerence is less good now that hidden fortification has kind of gone by the wayside but it's still good like it just turns off their defense flips or whatever and you don't always have to play a three of necessarily but it just it's way better than i gave it credit for and that was a big miss for me Mm -hmm. especially and hostility i've played a ton of that card since yeah bad rap oh man i mean in hostilities and belligerence i mean i'm i'm almost on almost all my blue decks now uh, I am putting two belligerences 
in uh, my blue decks. Um, I just like the power that it provides when I'm in the position to press it, right? When I'm in the the position to go, okay, I'm going to have this. Uh, I, I really am a big fan of Windsweeper. Unfortunately, I've not found a deck he's good in, and he probably just means he's not good enough. But um, I like him. He's fun to play. He's the kind of deck that I like to play. Clearly, like that's why we came up with Slippery One Jet in Wave 4. And so... Windsweeper is doing a lot of the same things that Slipstream was doing in a way and probably being more consistent about it overall. So like I've been playing a lot of belligerence in the Windsweeper list because I mean, Windsweeper's five attack. You put an Energon Axe on him, he's eight attack. We talked about how good eight attack bots are in aggro decks. And just for that one turn, I get to move two damage off Windsweeper and attack for 10, you know, assuming no bold. And so because of that, like you just... I mean, you just hit for a, like a truck for one turn. And if you're wide and you actually get to do multiple attacks, all of your bots are affected by it, which is super, super good. But um, I know you also believe Belligerence has a really good home in aggro decks just to sort right. of... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm still not very high on using it as an offensive tool because unless you have random bold guys in your blue deck, it's just like a plus two attack, maybe. And we have, you know... I I could name like twelve plus two or better pumps. Yeah, in blue. But, sure. I mean, you've um, got calculated strike and steady shot and a bunch of other stuff that you could yeah, kind of put in that same slot. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, as far as aggro goes, like, like I've been just putting belligerences in my aggro decks because it's good. You know, you're it is. It, it doesn't do anything in the aggro mirror, but that's why you have a sideboard. But against, uh against a blue deck it's plus two attack pump minimum well i guess it if they flip badly it's not but like it just guarantees you get in there pretty good and it counters you know it it has made hidden fortification and sparring gear like just bad kind of you know yeah and yeah so i mean those are definitely cards that are on the decline now right and it's it's because of that and so i was i was definitely wrong about those they're both good cards, and I think they're, you know, uh, Jempty, who I played against in the Vector tournament, just had both in his list. He was playing this, like, Perceptor, Sky Shadow, good stuff deck, and it wasn't really blue or orange. I would call it a control deck, but... Uh, I like I like in Hostilities in an aggro deck to set as a secret action, if you're playing some other secret actions as well, because, I mean, there's just that just turns your bots into super defensive bots too. And and we have bots that have latent tough in aggro decks. I mean, like General Optimus Prime is just giving you tough. Um, you know, if you're playing Night Racer and set a secret action, you're getting tough. So like there's sort of a, a weird single turn combo that, you know, kind of works out there. And if you time it correctly, it can be really, really potent all the way around the board to uh, get in both sides. But uh, I think End Hostilities is better than Belligerence. Like, I think that in the two cards, I think End Hostilities is more powerful than Belligerence. Well, they're just going to, like... Like, that's going to be a thing where, like, if control decks are good, then I guess you're going to see more main deck End Hostilities because I assume that's part of what makes a control deck good. But, right, like, people are going to play more Belligerences. And if you see more like bold dagger decks then people are going to play more in hostilities like they're both kind of like answers yep and their popularity and lists will just be based upon 
like how many people are asking those questions. I completely agree. And I, I think we, we still have a lot of meta to discover. Um, we still have a lot of deck lists to hone in. I don't think anybody's playing a hundred percent accurate deck yet. I mean, even in the alpha try tournament, you know, whoever wins that tournament tonight, they're, they're not going to have a list that's 100% accurate. They're going to have a list that's good. Maybe it's 95% there, but it still has room and it'll probably need to evolve as the meta evolves. That's just the way these sorts of things work. So um, that means there's lots of gameplay to have. So the meta certainly not solved, you know, going into release week for Titan Masters Attack. So, but I think that makes a really good segue for us to talk about why we picked the decks we picked and how the tournament went and uh, we're not going to go through the deck list. We will link the deck list in our show notes. So if you're checking us out on SoundCloud, just go down to the show notes. The links to the Fortress Maximus links will be there for you to check out. Um, and we definitely want you to take a peek at them and uh, let us know what you think there. And then, um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll continue to iterate on these. I've, I've certainly been working with um, Stefan at Vector Sigma because – we do think the list that I played at some point may become one of the better aggro decks in the list. It's just not good in the aggro mirrors. And we knew that, right? Like, like when you talk about what we talked about at Orlando with David Burgos's deck, and this is spoiler, I'm playing an updated uh, orange black Pierce list that, you know, D- David played an orange back black Pierce list at PPG Orlando um, we knew that if David had to play a bunch of aggro lists, that the pure aggro list would be better suited to win those matchups. And that's exactly what happened in my tournament. I finished two, one, uh, my only loss was to Christian who's now in the plane in the finals. And he was playing a sky shadow, horrible aggro list. And while he had black pips, he certainly wasn't like buying into the piercing component as much as I had bought into the piercing component of mine. And I made that decision off this idea that you and I had been playing a lot of Perceptor, right? We had been going back and forth on Perceptor uh, in our testing. And I believe that a Perceptor control list may be one of the best lists in the game right now. And I expected more Perceptor and I expected some Perceptor control in this tournament. And I should have just realize that first tournament out of the gate, uh, probably going to be really heavy aggro and should have played something different. But ultimately that was the meta call that I made. So my lineup just for people that are interested in it was, uh, horrible. I had horrible with Kreb, the plus two health, giving horrible 11 health, uh, reasonable value. Not as much as like when you play sky shadow, horrible, horrible has Grax. And so he's got 14 health. So I was three health shy of that. And that three health is a big deal. Um, and then I had Fangry with Parsec. So attacking into bigger bots, again, thinking I was attacking Perceptors or attacking Galaxy Primes or anything of that nature. Perceptors just bold three. And with all the Pierce, I just get in for like eight Pierce seven, you know, every time Fangry swings. Uh, and then I had Night Racer and I had Demolisher. And Demolisher is definitely the star of that team, without a doubt. Uh, the other bots are good. They, they're they they're good enough that you have to respect them. I mean, Horrible can just ping you for three to four damage every single turn, so you can't just ignore the Horrible. Uh, but Demolisher can really put a lot of heat and pressure out. And sometimes Demolisher still misses in this deck, which tells me that the deck list needs a little more tweaking to get right. Because 
I mean, I had some attacks where it was like I flip nine cards into, uh, you know, seven pierce nine, right? And you're like, well, I guess that's just what it's going to be. We're going to do seven instead, right? And you're going, that's 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 probably on curve with the way the deck is designed, but the deck needs to be more aggressive. And so the newest version that of it- sounds pretty good to me. I don't know about you. But. Well, but the newer version of it that I'm playing now, like- the the version that I've been testing with Stefan a little bit offline and talking with Stefan about a little bit offline, like Demolisher starts attacking for like 11 Pierce 6, right? So like we're still getting very close to the same guaranteed damage value, but we're also against other aggros doing 9 instead of 7, right? So like it's sort of this give ebb and flow of like, well, how much do we Pierce versus how much do we come off of the Pierce and... Um, just rely on pure aggro and demolisher being able to do demolisher things with, you know, extra double oranges in the deck. Um, so that's, that's kind of was my whole tournament experience. I, I played against a fortress Maximus. Uh, my opponent was played fortress Maximus extremely well, had a little trouble triggering Fort Max's ability, um, which was very powerful against me when he did it. Don't get me wrong. Like four bots taking two. That's a lot of damage Fort Max was putting out. The The issue was that I had four piercing bots coming back. And so it didn't take very long for me to chew through the base 15 health. But I had a lot more trouble finishing off the Cerberus. Uh, the Cerberus actually just turned it into a more of a problematic bot in my list to fight than... Uh, Fort Max did. I did manage the 2-0, so obviously it wasn't too much of a challenge, but it did require um, a little bit more thought and a little bit more careful consideration other than just turn my bot sideways and, and smash as hard as I can. Because um, every time I attacked into him, he had a chance to trigger Cerberus to suit him up again. And that proved to be very powerful in the end of, in, in both games and, and made it a lot closer. Um, in my second matchup, that's when I played Christian in his Sky Shadow, uh, Sky Shadow Horrible list, and he just 2-0'd me no problem. I made a couple of play mistakes, uh, fully recognizing that I had not ever played against the Sky Shadow Horrible list with Grax, and um, I gave up a Demolisher attack when I probably should have just sacrificed my Demolisher, knowing full well that Horrible was just going to finish him off, um, and that was that was my mistake. Uh, the cost me game one. I don't think it changes the outcome of the game because um, losing Demolisher on second attack is or not even your opponent still doesn't have to attack into him. But just losing Demolisher and only getting one attack out of Demolisher really takes a lot of the wind out of this deck's sails. Um, and then my third matchup was against um, Perceptor uh, Sky Shadow. Perceptor Sky Shadow. I think, <laughs> boy, man, it's been a week since we played now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Perceptor Sky Shadow, which is a list I felt more comfortable fighting. The loss of the direct damage from Horrible made my bots a lot safer overall, like meaning that they just couldn't die from out of combat damage as easily. He was running Kamians and things like that. Um, but I was able to use effective counter espionage plays to, uh, you know, take Perceptor flips, make him choose cards uh, and then the cards he would choose, I knew I could hit with counter espionage. So I was sort of playing into that whole thing. If he didn't play that action right away, then I knew it was something I could pull on the ne my next turn. So I played a little bit more defensive and a less aggressive, meaning I wasn't playing my point positions as often or my Kamian crashes and things. But ultimately it worked out. We did go to three games and I won by, uh, I had one health remaining on my Demolisher in game three. So it was not 
a lock by any chance, but it was um, uh, very fought, hard fought games. Um, and, you know, it was a ton of fun to play. So I had a lot of fun in the tournament. Um, I'm glad that those guys put that on and, and were, you know, willing to invite me to that and um, that was able to work it out. So from my perspective, though, I saw in in my three rounds of play, I saw two of the 11 Sky Shadows in, in the game. So, um, you know, that or in the tournament. So I think that's something, again, just testimony of how much you're going to have to plan to fight Sky Shadow and some iteration and know how to beat it. Uh, so Neil, let's talk about your list because my list, I know I, I didn't have much to talk about, but my list was pretty, pretty much a meta call based on what I thought might show up based on just like, right. And, and you know, your, your David Burgos's deck from Orlando is a good comparison. One, I mean, we were talking about how many good black oranges they, they pick, you know, the, the Orlando deck was playing just a pile of just garbage cards that were orange black tips or white black tips because those were the only ones that existed well now now you had a bunch of good ones to play ones that actually had text and are good so uh obviously like you said stefan was high on the list and i i don't really like demolisher decks but i mean it obviously it was pretty good it It, was fun uh, it was fun to play I mean, it, it is fun to play for sure. It does powerful things. Right. It, I mean, I'm sure that if there's a control deck, it's better against a control deck than a straight aggro version. Though, because it doesn't have a sky shadow in it, I don't know. That's actually better than a sky shadow <laughs> aggro deck. <laughs> well, so, that, that's that's true. I mean, that's 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 a real to thing. To talk about my deck, I guess, we'll start with, I was on the same, obviously, we were both on the same assumption that going into the tournament, I was going to see a bunch of Perceptor. And specifically that I was going to see, like, some control decks. Because the end of the last wave was a bunch of control decks. Perceptor's good in control decks. Vector had been showing off a bunch of control decks. Yada, yada, yada. The list goes on of why we thought. And, and, and Stefan had won right before this started with a Galaxy Primeless in the Corona Cup. Which was Wave right. 5 legal. So, right. so or not, he hadn't won. He had played in the finals with a Galaxy Primeless. Nick Weedman won that tournament. So, I think, I, I mean, I think that was some of the the thought we both had going right. on. I, I don't feel bad about that call. It was wrong, but I mean, I don't feel bad about coming to that conclusion. Completely wrong. Um, <laughs> so I played combo. Uh, the field was 11 sky shadow decks. Uh, and I don't, the actual breakdown of the tournament, I think was also 11, four and one of like 11 aggro four control and me as combo. Um, and they, the sky shadow decks were not all the aggro decks. Uh, Jumpy from my pod was playing a perceptor sky shadow control. Like I talked about It's kind of a mixed pip list, but it was just like all good cards and it, it leaned control. Um, but it's just, it's hard to pass up the, like a control deck with Peace or Tyrannies in it because you have a Sky Shadow. Like, it's that powerful. So, I played Combo. I did not play Daring Escape. I played Combo version, which I took from what I saw at the EI, just the EMP Wave tap-out version. Um, And I thought my list was pretty good. Uh, 
the reason that I chose to play Tap Out instead of Daring Escape was because of the new cards that were printed in Wave 5 and because of the answers that existed from previous uh, iterations. Um, obviously, the card that everyone was playing against Daring Escape before was Hijack. Still very good against combo. Still good against me. Um, the new card is Speed Trap. If you don't know what that does, secret action that uh, when you play a second action, it negates and they can't play any more actions. Um, so it's like a mini turbo board. And knowing that, and I guess the, the third thing was Gears. Uh, Autobot Gears plus his stratagem sabotage that causes uh, opponents' upgrades not to trigger come into play effects. So those were like the three things that I thought were going to be the hate I would see. Counter Espionage is also good against combo, but all the discard cards are good against combo because it, you know, mostly what it does is keep you below seven for Springer, but Counter Espionage, you know, and and regular espionage for that matter, like can hit the MP wave if they're timed well. So the reason that I chose to play MP wave was because I thought it had a lot more play around those things. Um, in the way that the daring escape combo, like it like saves up a bunch of gas and goes off all at once. And usually, if if you understand what it does and you know how to play against it, you like know when they're going to go off, kind of, and that's when you can set your secret action. The MP wave is like an ongoing combo where I do have to find it every turn, but you don't have to save up as much. It's possible for you to have a turn off, and it's also possible for you to play through the speed trap just by not playing an action during your main phase. And when your conversion engine goes off at any turn, playing your EMP wave is your only action. Um, you also have the same ability to play around hijack as the other deck by just trying to draw your second card, and if they flip it, then you wait. But like I said, the, the Daring Escape deck is much more telegraphed when it's going to go off, and waiting is bad, but the EMP deck is much more forgiving to take the turn off. Um, so that was kind of my thought process going in. Uh, I knew that PTT was good against me, because obviously if they PTT on their... They still get to take a turn when I tap them out. And if they PTT, then they get to untap and take a turn. But because I expected a bunch of control decks, I wasn't sure how many that was going to be, and I wasn't sure how much pressure I was going to be under. And I had these main deck uh, counter-espionages, which are good against those things we just talked about. It's good against Speed Trap, it's good against Hijack, um, and it can also hit PTT. So I thought that that was going to be enough for me to handle what was going in. As it turns out, there were just 11 decks that had PTT and the best PTT thing than them, and some other PTT decks. So, I was very wrong about that, and I definitely needed to have infiltrates, or just, like, not play tap out. Um, so, that was where it came from. The deck didn't care at all about gears. The deck had, like, all the cantrip uh, equipment, the crushing size, the scrapper gauntlets, and the drill arms. But it didn't have them in it to draw cards or be in play. It just had them in it because I wanted to have a certain amount of upgrades in my hand, so I always had one to discard to upgrade discard side of Springer. Right, and then if you did have to play them for some reason, at least you could, right? Sure, they're they're fine in play. Like, crushing size on Brawn 
was just fine. Like he already pierces some and it just like increases it by one. Um so the but they were just in there essentially, so I had an upgrade to discard. Because if you go like if you take your first turn and you flip to upgrade discard side and you can't discard, like it's just really bad. It starts you off just like in a train wreck. Um so so the gears thing, the sabotage didn't hurt the deck. It didn't care about like having five upgrades in play or whatever, like the during escape version that relies on equipment enthusiasts. Um, and I was really consistent at EMPing. Um, I didn't have a problem doing that in any of the games. Uh, and I had a one of Peace Through Tyranny. Um, I know on the covers they talk a lot about whether or not I'm going to Peace Through Tyranny. And the Peace Through Tyranny isn't in there to like go off per se. It's just like EMP wave number four kind of. Where if I don't have the EMP wave to play at end of turn, I can play the Peace Through Tyranny and give myself another turn to find it and do it again. Um, assuming that I have the fire drive still alive. Right, right. And that that's kind of the key, right? Is right. whether and, or not the fire drive's alive. And if I if I don't have fire drive alive, it, it is a dead card. Um but I have a springer, so no cards are really dead. I just discard it to action side. And the deck was fun. Um I know that the deck was not very fun for my opponents. Um because unlike the Daring Escape version, you can't like you can scoop to it. You're allowed to do that, but it's not like a guaranteed win. Like I'm not gonna equipment enthusiast for seven, you're like, okay, well I'm dead, let's play again. You have to like watch me do it for a while. And against the blue decks, I was like attacking for three at a time. And against the orange decks, when I was winning, I I was killing them pretty quickly because they don't really have a defense, but uh it still is just like like I do a bunch of stuff on my turn and you do nothing. And I do a bunch of stuff on my turn and you do nothing. But you know, I talking to Dan about it beforehand and just like preparing for the tournament, I I felt like it was going to be good. Um, I won my first round easily. Uh, my opponent didn't really prepare for combo, so when that happens, you're just SOL. Yeah. Uh, yep. His deck and they was, talk about it on the stream too. If you go yep. back and watch, and that. and his deck was cool, and like uh, he was a good sport about it. And but I mean, I just like tapped him out and eventually killed him slowly. In my second match, uh, I played against. Uh, wave three Optimus Aggro deck. Um, I misplayed horribly in game one by not flipping my Springer main phase, so that I couldn't flip back to bot mode and a turn to EMPM, and then I died. So that's good. That's good on me. Um, in game two, I think like like I think I'm favored against that deck game one, still, but game two I am not favored at all because he sideboards into OPBL. And he just has Optimus, Optimus. And so I can't even like counter espionage the PTT because he just always like he just always has it off Optimus flip uh, to alt mode. So I don't think that's very good. Um, that guy was definitely prepared for combo and especially my version. Um, and I, I lost game two handily and that was that match. And then I played a very fun match my third match against Jempty, who was playing the Sky Shadow deck. Um, and I knew that he had the Sky Shadow PTT thing going on. So my big goal was just to, like, kill one of the parts before he could PTT. 
and it worked one of the games. In game two, I he had a secret action down, and I knew that he had picked up a hijack. Uh, so I thought it was a hijack. So I like flipped my Springer to test. He didn't flip. So then I knew it wasn't a hijack. And I decided that it was either a speed trap or, you know, something else. If it was a speed trap, it was going to be really bad for me. Um, but I could wait until end of turn and play my one action. However, if it, if he had a PTT in hand, he's going to win the game by playing Peace or Tyranny the next turn. So in my mind, I was choosing between whether I thought it was a speed trap, which I hadn't seen any of up to that point in the game, or if I needed to play around PTT. So I played Counter Espionage, and I named Peace or Tyranny. Um, as it turned out, it was a speed trap, and he didn't have PTT. Uh, so I maybe that was wrong. But I'm not 100% sure it was wrong because I think I lose to either card and I just like tried to play around the card that I had seen in the match previously rather than the card that I hadn't seen any copies of up to that point. Um, but I lost that game. Uh, we went to time in game three and I I failed to find an EMP wave for like the first time in the tournament <laughs> to win the game in time. And and I was purposely trying not to go to time. Like, playing a deck like that, you have a lot of control over the clock because you take so many game actions. Like, that's why they banned Sensei's Dividing Top and Magic. Um, and I, I definitely, like, I had the timer next to me, and I, I, like, thought about it for a minute. I'm like, I could really scum this guy out. Like, if I just, like, you know, kind of played slow a little bit. But that, I, you know... He's such an awesome guy. All the Vector guys are awesome. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that in a real tournament, let alone in a tournament that's just friendly like this. Um, and I'm not condoning anybody do that. Uh, but it's something to be aware of if you play against a deck like that, where like I definitely had the ability to just win that game if I played a little slower. Um, and it, you know, it's barely a victory then because I just have less damage on my guys or whatever. But I thought that was a great match. I had a lot of fun playing it. I had a lot of fun playing the deck, and I think the deck is powerful um though if the meta is all sky shadow ptt decks the combo decks are gonna suffer even the like the daring escape version is definitely better because it can just win all at once but like those decks that put a ton of pressure like that are good against that too so i don't know that this is a time for combo we'll have to see if the meta like settles down and goes a little slower first um yeah, I mean, I definitely think Combo had an opportunity uh, in Wave 4 to really sort of shine, right? And and we saw some Combo decks in Wave 4 do that. It, you know, nothing really, really top tier. Right, but... and, and uh, what's the guy's name uh, who played Combo at EI? He, like, he Was just lost Bexler? all his sealed... He lost all his sealed rounds. But yeah, he but won, what was he was his, undefeated and constructed. Was it Adam Bixler, or is that somebody no. different? I can't think of it right now. I'm sorry yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, um, I, I apologize. Well, I, but I yeah, he, he was up. playing. He was playing the fire drive during escape deck and went undefeated and constructed. He just lost his sealed round, so it didn't make top eight. Um, so obviously the deck is powerful. Another reason that I played the EMP version was because I decided to do it like two days before I played, and I didn't think I had enough time to get reps in with the DE version. Like the deck is not easy to play. And uh, 
the MP wave deck is much easier, I think, to play because you just have like like here's my one job every turn. I find a DE, I go to my end step, like, and that I, you know, it still takes some thinking, but it's not the same as like okay, well, I got twelve cards in hand, one brainstorm and two showing offs. Can I win this turn? Like, kind of situation. Um, so it's very possible that combo is still good. Uh, I I don't know that. Like, it sucks when you're playing against these aggro decks that put a bunch of pressure and have just, like, the best PTP turns in the world. Um, so Well, and, and the, the three damage ping from Sky Shadow is not irrelevant, right? Like, that's... that's... Yeah, your, your team is all Autobots. Like, yeah. it kind of has to be and, because confidence is so important. And Horrible can still continue to sort of put pressure on you until you get right. killed. And, and Horrible was something I was really afraid of um, in the tap-out version. Because I still have to take a bunch of turns to kill them. And even though they can't attack, they can still, like, horrible me a bunch. Right. And, and, uh, and like we were saying before, I mean, horrible is probably good for anywhere from two to four damage every single turn. Um, and so well, with Springer the, having... The most you know, he can literally do is three. But, I mean, you're, well, the, with, the cards you're playing along with him will do damage, too. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I had a one of Hollow I mean. Matter, which we talked about. Um, and... I didn't run into a situation where I was going to get burned out. The The games that I lost were all the PTP. And so, I mean, congrats to everybody that played in the thing. It was a hell of a lot of fun. I wish that one of us made top four, but I know I was, I, I was I know rooting that for you. Bad and I had yeah. a bad matchup. And uh, yeah. so it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely uh, made, made many, many play mistakes. Well, not a lot. I, I made yeah. one crucial one in game one, but um yeah, like you know. I said, I, I played my way out of game one in my match too. But oh, I think all of the matches are available on YouTube if you guys go to the Vector Sigma channel and check them out because it's a lot of good gameplay. I know some of the early ones have some really bad proxies in them, but uh, the commentators do a pretty good job of figuring out for you. Yeah, I, I really um, I had a lot of fun with it, and I think that for, at least for the foreseeable future, now that we know that Gen Con is canceled and Origins, yeah, is- it's so sad. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just not going to get a convention tournament this year. I mean, I think we just have to sort of believe that. I mean, we might get PAX Unplugged in December, but can you imagine if we have to go this whole sort of summer, fall season um, with only in-store game tournaments, if they can even happen? Uh, I I, th- I hope that, you know, Watsy is, is sort of looking at all this going on by the community right now and trying to figure out if there's a way for us to get sanctioned events uh, this way, you know, I understand why they're not going to sanction on Octagon. We stream on Octagon on Sundays. And the only reason we do that it, more or less at this point is just because we didn't have the real cards and it's just too much work to make a bunch of proxies. And I it's, hope it's much easier to just like shuffle up a new deck on Octagon. <laughs> the downtime in between like, well, let's play this matchup is much lower. Right. I, I think we, we can get more content in. We can show more games and more gameplay. We can discuss more scenarios. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in why we do it that way. But um, I definitely understand why you wouldn't see sanctioned tournaments in that place. Um, I definitely understand why Vector Sigma chooses to stay away from it. Um, I, I respect that decision just as much as anybody that wants to use the tool. Um, right. I, I, I don't think- actually like playing on Octagon. I would much rather have real cards in my hand. But I, I think there's a level of disconnect that happens when playing on Octagon. And 
that's not on purpose, but I just think like not having the physical cards, like you don't think through things. Now, webcam games also suffer from that. Like one of the challenges webcam games have is it's really difficult to go through your opponent's discard pile. Like there's no way to know whether your opponent's telling you the truth or not. You hope that sportsmanship and honor would sort of come out there. But we all know that if you got into something sanctioned and super competitive, um, you know, it just I, opens a I would ton be afraid of, of playing against strangers via webcam. Because like, yeah, I agree. There's just like, like traditionally been just like cheaters on camera at big magic tournaments in person. Like, right. So, but like, obviously I would never accuse any of the vector guys or any of the vector patrons to do that. Like they all pay to be there. They're all good guys. We had a ton of fun, like in the chat, we had a ton of fun on the calls Yeah, uh, and it was awesome. So, and I, and I plan to do their sealed event they're getting ready to put on. They're going to put on a I don't know if anybody's event. supposed to know about that yet. Oh, I can <laughs> If you're just like then. dropping but it's by the be like time that, out. by the time that this video airs, I guess it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um I thought they yeah, put I, something out on on YouTube about it today. It I it might have been patrons only, but Oh, okay. I'm not sure. It it doesn't matter. By the time that this comes out, it'll be okay. And if not, then I guess Dan'll just hate you. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, no, it's really not King Neil's fault. That's all it's, I'm gonna say about it. You're right. It's I, it's not my fault. That's <laughs> that's a correct statement. No, 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 no. It's, not, it's, <laughs> not, <laughs> not. He's not supposed to prep me on these things fault. I can't. I can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I I did want to say thank you to Vector, uh, Scott, Dan, Stefan, Vince, everybody, yeah. um, for putting it on. Thank every all the competitors that were in it. You're all great to meet. Super nice. I've enjoyed the content. It was just a good time. So yep. I'm very grateful to have that opportunity. I agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I got a chance to play uh, McCoy from, you know, Malaysia. I mean, what an experience to play somebody halfway around the world. Um, you know, I, I just, I really had, a, I, I had a great time playing with people that I would normally not get an opportunity to play with. I played with somebody from the UK, like, like, you know, you start thinking about some of these things and you're like, wow, like that's, not something you would normally get to do unless you actually were at a big tournament. And we got right. to do that in a 16 person tournament through some webcams because we all were there under the spirit of competition and under the spirit of fairness. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, if we were just, if something like this were to get opened up into the general public, uh, I just think it would be rife with potential cheating. And that's unfortunate um, because. Yeah. I mean, like, like you were talking about the Corona cup. Uh, like, I don't think that there's probably a lot of cheat there. I, you know, it just, it well, just it'd be a lot harder to cheat to on cons- octagon, right? Yeah. It, it just sucks that we have to consider that stuff, um, going in, but it's just something to note. Like if there was big prize on the line, if there was big money on the line, even like small money on the line, I think that it would be too much, you know? Uh, and, and the prizes for vectors thing were great. Like they they are great, you know. Congrats to whoever wins, but uh, you know, if we're playing for two hundred bucks, like somebody's gonna come in here with their webcam and just have like you know ten grenade launchers in their deck, and there's very little we could do about it because if you stop and deck check everybody, like like what what stops them from just like like showing you a deck that's not the real one? Like if you're if you're dedicated to cheating, like you're gonna cheat and. That's an unfortunate thing about the anonymity of the internet and just the situation we're in. But um, for now, uh, I think the tournament went really good. I had a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and 
you know, I'm excited to play with those guys more. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited to see um, you know, what they have in store uh, as we go into the summer months and obviously we're going to do our best to continue to bring you as much content as we can and stay on top of this. So, I mean, we're talking about how to maybe increase our frequency of the pod and and obviously we're streaming weekly. Uh just understand that this stuff takes a lot of time. Uh, so if you wonder why it takes us a couple of weeks to put out an episode, uh, we try to deliver a very high quality podcast. And that means that for uh, each episode, uh, I know, I know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking about the actual, what we say being high quality. I'm talking about the, the audio quality of our podcast yeah. and, uh, the editing process that I go through each episode for about an hour takes me about four to five hours to edit. And so, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've got kids and full-time jobs and all these other things, you know, you start to run out of available time uh, in the evenings to get that sort of work done. And yeah. so I, in, you know, one of one of the things I just want to give a shout out to my family for being so supportive while I work on this project. Yeah, especially when you're in the middle of moving and all that other stuff. Um, it's, yeah, your family's great. Betsy is yep. a very patient woman. <laughs> she, well, she did have to marry me after all, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there had to be some level of patience there. So, she's a doctor, so she's really smart. I don't know how she made such a poor decision. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like a snake oil salesman, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, you tricked her. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad we no, have that. I on, I'm glad we have that recorded. Like, <laughs> she knows. She yeah, knows. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, she's just pot committed at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, dang it. I got so, got. I bought yeah. the snake oil. <laughs> uh, well, but anyway. No, I think this is going to do it for in, episode 16. Yeah. Um, uh, in general, it does take a lot of effort to put this together. We appreciate all your support. Yep. The same goes for all the other content creators out there right now. Yep. Thank you, you for know, keeping doing what you're doing. I know that this gives everyone a lot more time to listen to us, which is great. Um it doesn't change the amount of time that we have to put into it or the amount of time that Vector puts into it or Wreck and Rule or Who's on Attack or any of those guys. Please support them um, yep. as well as you support us. And uh, just, you know, it's just a time where we need to support each other. And yep. this is just one way to do it. Um, it's a chance for this whole community to come together and just uh, embrace the, the challenges of, of not being able to meet in person and play a game that we love. Right. And... The very last thing is there are still a couple of things I was right about. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to wait to the very end. You know, nobody <laughs> listens to the end, right? So you're never going to get your your vindication here. <laughs> I was right about Perceptor. He's yep. really great. He is He's good. so great and so fun. And I love playing with and against him. And it has been just as much fun as I thought it was going to be in my rant in the previous episodes about him. The other thing is Jurassic Punch is still terrible. Yep, but there's like, still time. There's still time. Can somebody make Volcanicus great? Somebody just like make Grimlock awesome again. Like like do something. Like give me give me something. Just we like, we I, I think we should commit ourselves this week, Neil, uh both of us to make a Volcanicus deck. We know no, they're not good. I'm not gonna like, do it. No, 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 no. What else are we gonna do? What else are we gonna do? We got we got like a week to launch. I mean, we, we don't have any cards to open and sort. We don't have anything to do. So like like we might as well just like get this party started. I played Trypticon last week on the stream. You did. You and did. I would rather do that than try and build a volcanic egg. What? Come on, man. Seriously, no way. I am I am taking the hard stance here. I even played like Wave 2 Grimlock a couple times, trying to do weird stuff with involuntary promotion. 
I know. And, like, I get that. It, it just, no. I, I don't want it. He's bad. It makes me sad. Like, <laughs> I opened so many of those. You're a poet and you didn't know it. Oh, by the way, when are you going to get your rap on, man? We got to get that going, too, sometime soon. Like, we still owe it's, our listeners. It's under construction. Okay. There's been Good. progress made. I'm excited. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm super excited to hear you rap to Nicki Minaj's Megatron. You don't have to do it live. Just just so you know, you can you can record an audacity track and I'll cut it in to the to the show. Like yeah. no I don't expect you to like be well, I don't expect you to be Eminem up on there stage. There may be some this, production this quality involved now. Uh Ooh. thanks to Stefan. Yeah, so, I, I, uh, I don't. If there's anything good that comes from this, it will be because of him, not because of me. Well, and, sure, we know that. I mean, everybody knows uh, that, man. We we know who the real but, artist here is. And, and I know I said I was going to do it by this episode or by last episode or something, but because Stefan has graciously offered to help, uh, I just it's some part of it is going to be good. So I want to make sure that it's complete <laughs> before we. I am get there. so excited, man. Yeah. You got, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not, I was dreading it for you and I was dreading having to do it myself, but now I'm like legitimately excited. Yeah. About well, this. would you be excited if it was still you? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, cause I would do All the right. same thing you're doing. I would get with Stefan. I'd get with somebody that actually knows what the heck to do. Like right. I, I have a friend that's a, I have a friend that's a rapper. Like, well, you like should have done it then. Well, I have a friend that's a rapper, and I was like pretty sure I was going to lose at one point, so I actually messaged him. His name is Frankie. He just released a new album uh, called The Lazarus Project, and uh, so they're uh, giving Frankie a little plug. But um, and I was like, dude, you're going to have to help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like seriously, I, I'm totally in over my head, and I'm going to lose this bet. And he was just laughing his head off at me. And I haven't seen this dude. I used to work with him years and years ago and he moved to Colorado and I haven't seen this dude in forever, but we stay in touch through social media. And he was just dying laughing at me, man. He was just like, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm being dumb, but <laughs> being dumb is <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and that's what Volcanicus is about being dumb. So let's be done with nope. it. Let's go have some fun. If with you it. play Volcanicus, that's fine, but I will not. I am jaded and angry. So what happens if I beat you with it? I quit. <laughs> wow, that's a, I mean, that's a lot on the line, Neil. Come on. Jesus takes the shuffle bus wheel. We're just. <laughs> WWJD, man. WWJD, let's go. <laughs> um, no, I, I I mean, I think we should try it. Like, what the heck? We're asking our audience to do it. We can, At the least, we can both step up and try. Ugh. Episode 17, we're going to reveal our Volcanicus decks. Let's do it. It's going to take you like 30 to 40 minutes tops. To sort. I'm like, I don't think I you're going to have to I would put- be into it. Like, like, I guess I'll do it, whatever. And I'll, I'll beat you with like some grenade launchers or something. But like, it's my problem with it is, is that it's not even interesting. You know, like it just hmm. like, I'm just going to build this deck and it's going to have like just random aggro cards in it. And I'm going to be sad. Interesting, because I am I'm I'm going a different route with it. I'm going the whole uh, blue until I can invert him. Volcanicus? Yeah, I think it's adorable that you think you're going to combine a Volcanicus. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think we should count like not like not play counter espionage because we saw what happens with devastated whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you're gonna ask me to build a deck and then not like You can me- still play espionage, but like counter espionage just like destroys like multiple copies of Enigma in hand. 
Like it just, I mean, it just wrecks combiners that have to have an Enigma to combine, right? Like we played Constructicons. I played Constructicons and Devastator on stream, I don't know, a month ago now. And like there were just games I couldn't combine because Counter Espionage just took my Enigmas away. Right. Yet another reason why Volcanicus is bad. Well, sure. I, <laughs> yes, I agree with that. But I think we can, we can make, can we make a pack that at least, at least play regular espionage so that you can have an opportunity to like, if you have multiple copies of the Enigma, you can still maybe get away with combining. Sure. Fair. No, no counter espionages. None because counter espionage destroys all wave two combiners. Thanks for that. Watsy. Am I allowed to appreciate that? Am I allowed to play like cards that aren't Dinobots or I just have to play like this, this straight up Dinobot team. I don't care what you do, but it's supposed to be a Volcanicus deck. It's supposed Ugh. to be a Jurassic Punch deck, right? So, like, we're supposed so to be I making can't play, Volcanicus. Like, Galaxy Grimlock. No, man, that's not a Volcanicus deck. That's I, it just has Galaxy the Grimlock. potential to make Volcanicus. Oh, it has please. the same amount of potential to make Volcanicus as a real <laughs> Volcanicus deck. Please, please, come on, man, come on. Like, let's get serious about this just a smidge. There's like, be a thrust on my starting team. Oh Jesus, I give up, ladies and gentlemen. If he leaves the bus, I I tried. I tried to keep him on. He is just completely off the rails. All right. So let's close up episode 16. Let's call it uh, a wrap. And uh, we will come back in episode 17 with some crummy Volcanicus decks. And we will play them on stream. This is Memorial Day weekend now. So this will come out after Memorial Day weekend. And probably be looking at playing these on stream the first weekend in June. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope you join us on our Twitch channel. We have a ton of fun over there. We love people coming and hanging out, uh, just chatting, talking about the game. That's what we do over there. That's what that gives us a chance to, to talk to you instead of just us talking at you. So, um, yeah. Anything else, Neil, you want to add in? I was right about I'm just editing that out. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you joining us here on the Shuffle Bus, and we will see you in episode 17. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shuffle Bus. You can support Neil and Jesse through tcgplayer.com. Your purchase of singles from our shop helps us cover the cost of running the podcast and streams. We know that not all players can support us in this fashion, and just throwing us a like or share on your favorite social media platform is also much appreciated. Be sure to check out theshufflebus.com for more great content.